Well, good morning, everybody. We have got a few technical issues this morning. Number one, we're using a different camera. We don't have access to that. It doesn't really matter for those in the room, but on the live stream, the quality will probably be a little bit less than uh, normal. And our presentation software worked great at rehearsal this morning. Now, nothing. So, um, you know, if you know the lyrics, sing them. If you don't, hum. <laughs> They'll still be meaningful anyway. So uh, let's stand up together. This is Strong In Us.
lion and the lamb. Sins of the world. 
Nice job. You can be seated. Good morning. Welcome to Timberwood Church. I'm Amy Labar, the Children's Ministry Coordinator. We just have to be ready for everything and anything, don't we? <laughs> um, a couple of important pieces of information for you. Um, you can find all this information on our website. Next Sunday, we have our annual baptism. It'll be a little bit different this year. Um, it'll be a bring your own lunch. Um, but it's still an opportunity for you to profess your faith um, in a relationship with Jesus in front of your faith community. So we'd love to have you join us for that. There's a sign-up um, for the class that we'll meet on Tuesday at 6.30 on the patio. We don't have very many classes that meet on the patio. Uh, but there is a sign-up on the website. You could also put a note um, on the back of your Connect card if you would be interested in that and don't want to go on the website. Um, also, it's Communion Sunday, and so if you didn't, when you walk in um, on the table, grab your communion. It's a two-for-one cup, bread on the bottom cup, and then the juice on the top. You can grab that. There's gluten-free option, and then in front of you, in your chairs, there's a little grommet, and you can put your cups in there um, while you wait. Um, and then also, in front of you, is this card. It's our Connect card. We would love to know that you are here um, with us today. If you're visiting, if you're a regular attender, if you have information that you would like to get about Timberwood, there's options for you to check on the side. On the back side is a spot for you to share a prayer or a praise. Um, if you're at home, we still have a spot on our website for you. You can submit prayer requests every day that way if you would like, um, but you can drop this in the offering basket when you um, head out. There's multiple groups throughout the week, including staff on Mondays that would love to come alongside you and pray and praise on your behalf. Pray with me now, please. Father, we are so thankful that you are the God of the universe, that in all the things that are going on around us, whether it's technology issues or um, just the uncertainty, that we know that we can rest on you and your strength and that you love us and you have us. Lord, I just pray that this morning our minds would be calmed, our hearts and our ears would be wide open to the love that you have for each of us so that when we go out into our community that we would be able to shine your light and show your love in our interactions with others. Lord, I pray that you are blessed by us this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to worship you. We love you and honor you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are a resourceful bunch. I see some looking at your uh, smartphones with lyrics. So we're going to do How Great Thou Art. This is the Shane and Shane version. So if you're looking that up online, go ahead and you can find the lyrics there. So let's stand and sing together.
please be seated. I mean, how much do you need, right? I mean, like, how much do you need? All that we have, how much do we actually need? Current issue of Cycling Magazine, okay, uh, Ms. Grace Anderson is on the cover. In it, as a bunch of stories about what it's like to be a person of color and cycle in the United States of America. It's a, it's a great article, actually. But the article that I want to do, it's a question of touring, okay, is the other article that's in here. And, and so it's like pictures, okay? You can't really see them all that well from there, but take my word if you want to see the magazine or just get it after you're done. And basically, it's people that are touring the United States of America on bikes, and basically everything that they have on the bike is laid out on a piece of canvas and they're laying next to it. And it really invites the question, how much do you need? Because everything that they have has to fit on the bike. How much do you need? What do you need? Did you know that the best is yet to be? We've said that before. The best is yet to be. A banquet, belonging, it's euphoric, it's eternal, it's faith, it's a festival, it's for followers, it's, it's gentleness, it's grace, it's goodness, it's health, it's hope, it's holy, it's laughter, it's life, it's liberation, it's peace and it's promise, it's perseverance, it's redemption and restoration and recompense, it's salvation and it's sanctuary and it's sight. The best is yet to be. Keep on. Our text today is verse 1, chapter 62. Okay, so if you have one of these Bibles, part of me, I just so want you to go get one of these Bibles, but we can't have you touch the Bibles. I don't know why. That's not, just, this is infuriating at times to me. But, but if you had one of these Bibles, you would see, you would see, and it's wise that we're not sharing Bibles, okay? Just so we're clear on that, it's, it's the smart thing to do. And it's not for us, it's to protect other people, right? It's the smart thing to do, let's be smart. But at any rate, 62, okay, verse 1, okay, is on what page? 621! That's just so cool! I just like love that stuff when that happens. I don't know if there's another spot in the Bible where it happens. Maybe Genesis 1, chapter 1 is on page 1, but I don't really think it is. Let's just check for a quick second. Oh, it is. Yep. Okay, so there might be the only other place. Well, not really, though, because it's just chapter 1, not verse 1. This is 621, 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. That's a little bit what I feel like sometimes. I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. It is this notion of to proclaim, of proclamation, telling what is coming, the hope of the future, the best is yet to be. I will not be silent. Who's talking? It's God. It's not the prophet Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah is recording the words of God, but this is God saying, I will not be kept silent. I will proclaim until this thing happens. I will tell what is coming, the hope of the future. Now, certainly, certainly many in the history of the world have, have kept this pledge to join God in proclamation. And to be sure today, there is a lot of talk about things out there, right? But in those who have kept the pledge and those who currently talk about a bunch of different stuff, how much of that stuff is truly eternal? How much of it is what we truly need? How much of it is about God's righteousness and God's salvation? 
asking it slightly differently, the heroes that we listen to, the voices that we allow to speak into our lives. Are they in the business of God's salvation and God's righteousness? And in our own lives, how much of what we proclaim, how how much of the things that we speak of, how much of it is the future that will be? Now, I get the temporal is right there, okay, and it's dominating, and, and, and we have opinions about the temporal, and, and, and we might even have differences about the temporal. What do we really need? We don't need the temporal. You can live eternally without the temporal. I, I can live eternally without the temporal. I, I cannot live eternally without the eternal. So often the modern-day commentators that we listen to tell us what's wrong and how their side can fix it. The the threat that exists and and how they think it can be defeated. We, We have a choice. We have a choice to be a voice of proclamation of what God intends The kingdom already, Jesus says the kingdom of God is here, and still not yet. It is yet future. A spiritual kingdom that is so less about physical realities and much more about the things that we say are intangible. And do we seek the opportunities to remind ourselves and the people around us of that which is and is to come? And I invite you to keep on. Verse 2, The nation shall see your righteousness, and all the kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, my delight is in her. It's a little wordy for a first name, but you know, it works. And your land married. For the Lord delights in you. And your land shall be married, for as a young man marries a young woman, so your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. It's observable righteousness. It's it's observable glory. It's continuing with this theme of we as followers of God who have a relationship with the God of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ, enabled by the Holy Spirit, we ought to be reflecting the righteousness of God, the salvation of God. People ought to look at our lives, our faces, our countenance, and see observable glory. And then this poetic picture, a new name, more on that later, crown of beauty. It's the crown jewels. Obviously, it's a metaphor. The idea of the most valuable, the most precious, those things that are both symbolic of of the state and of the control of the state, as well as truly valuable, a royal diadem, and and this old name. This old name, forsaken, desolate. That's what they called you, that's what they called your land. Kind of like a schoolyard taunt. But this wordy new name, my delight is in her, and your land married. This marriage metaphor, okay, it's, 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 it's giddy young love. It's the delight. 
And it's the picture with which God proclaims to us that we are to proclaim to others. Keep on. Verse 6. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night they shall never be silent. Now it's interesting because in the, in the Old Testament, the watchman usually refers to a group of people, okay? Now, now specifically, the watchmen are the, are the guards that would stand on the city walls and they'd be like, hey, bad stuff is coming. Watch out, close the gates. Things are going to get a little hairy, okay? Which, by the way, we've coined a new phrase at Timberwood Church, okay? It was inspired by Amy Labar, and the new phrase is this, we can do hard things. We can do hard things. At any rate, the watchman would be like, hey, bad stuff is coming. They might have even said, hey, we can do hard things. We can handle this, right? Watchmen, bad things are coming. Hang out, be strong, whatever, okay? That's what the watchman physically did. Spiritually, the watchmen were typically the prophets. And they weren't so concerned about what was on the outside, although they would tell about that. They were much more concerned about Israel's personal sin. And so the watchmen, the prophets, consistently are telling the nation of Israel, here's where you're messing up. Here's where you are rejecting God. I love when today, okay, every once in a while, you'll, maybe you run into people who declare themselves to be watchmen. And, and they focus on things external to the people of God. <laughs> That's not the danger, okay? That's not the danger. I just want to tell you, okay? The, the danger isn't communism taking over the United States of America. The danger isn't Sharia law taking over the United States of America. The danger isn't external to us. We've said this before. This shouldn't come as a shock. I'm not being political. The danger is this guy. This is the guy who stands in the way of God doing what God wants to do in this guy's life. It's a spiritual reality, not a physical entity. The thing that I have to fear, the thing that you have to fear, isn't something external to us. It's us. Now, all that is to say, the watchmen here are entirely different, okay? And they don't really know who the watchmen are here, okay? Some people think it's watchmen like the prophets, but that really doesn't fit. Oswald, our good friend who has walked with us through the entire book of Isaiah, argues maybe the watchmen are angelic beings, and their purpose, check this out, their purpose is to do what? You who put the Lord in remembrance. Their job is to remind God. That's what the text says. And you're like, okay, why would God need to be reminded? I mean, doesn't I, doesn't that seem a little incongruous? I mean, we would affirm, right? God won't forget. But when you have a group of people who have rejected God, and at times God has withdrawn or allowed or permitted or rejected them, depending upon how you want to express that, maybe a little reminder is helpful. And so God says, don't worry, I'm not forgetting. I've got people that are reminding me to love you. I won't forget. 
it's a picture, okay? And, 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 and perhaps, perhaps we're reaching for something that doesn't exist, but it's kind of like, like a couple years ago, Will and I were going to go to a U2 concert in Chicago, and, and leading up to it, okay, even though we had committed, we had tickets, we had a place to stay, everything was dialed, right? Leading up to it, frequently we're like, hey, we're going to still do this, right? This is going to happen. And it did, and it was amazing. It was absolutely breathtaking. It's a picture of the dad and the kid holding hands saying, remember, we're going to do this thing, right? And the father saying, yes. You have my 100% commitment that I am doing this. It's a reminder on my phone. It's my work telling me. It's vacation time reserved. This will happen. And what it means is that God can be trusted. Maybe other entities, not so much. Maybe other entities disappoint us, but God can be trusted. God says, you have my word. I will not leave you high and dry. And, and in that day, verse 8, the Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, I will not again give your grain to be food to your enemies, and foreigners shall not drink your wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather it shall drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. In that day, in that day, the focus, the promise coming true, the best is yet to be. A group of people enjoying this massive feast, praising God, thanking God, raising a glass to the God of the universe. The, the picture is one of plenty, of celebration, of banquet, with all those who have this common bond to follow the God of the universe, his Son, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit. And we say today, keep on. The text concludes, verses 10 through 12. Go, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, lift a signal over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him, and they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. County Road 13, we're working on it. It's going to take two years to get it done, but it will get done. Have you driven on it yet? It is, a, it is like, I mean, there is some ass, there's bituminous down that is like, it's like hands in baby oil and just, it's just smooth. Had to tear down a bunch of trees, had to make a new road, okay? Brought in big earth movers and bulldozers and all this stuff, right? And, but they're making a way, okay? They're, they're being extremely intentional. They have a plan. They're executing to the plan. They're getting ready. Prepare the way. Unfortunately, County Road 115 is going to have to wait a lot longer. 
I had an idea for County Road 115, you know, the thing that goes around Round Lake, and I'm, I, I, I offered the idea to one of our county commissioners. Now I'm being political, okay? I'm being political. I'll own this one. I said, I have a solution for County Road 115. Again, this one's not in the notes either, so we'll take a chance. I said, let's make it an alternating one way. Like on Monday, it would be one way around the lake, and on Tuesday, it'd be the other way around the lake. Make it a single lane, have a wide path for walking, a wide path for cyclists. Yay! I'm like, it solves every problem. So here's what you prepare, because this isn't a project for Anderson Brothers, our good friends. And it invites the question, for what or whom do we spend time preparing? A friend of mine this last week sent me a text with a post that could have been on Facebook. It should have been. He should have reposted on Facebook because it was so funny. But he's like, I can't post it because what would happen is it wouldn't glorify God. It wouldn't enhance Jesus' reputation or something like that. He's like, but I know you'll laugh at this. And he sent it to me, and it was. It was an absolute riot. My friend is getting it. He's preparing the way. He knows that if he puts that out there, even though it represents his viewpoint, it doesn't enhance the reputation of God. And the goal that we have is to enhance the reputation of God, to prepare the way, to proclaim righteousness and salvation. Our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. And if we could just get one thing straight, get our allegiances in the right spot. It's the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Our heart, our mind, our soul, Uncle Dallas with us. And when we are preparing, when we are preparing we create an compelling picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and why you would want to be a part of the kingdom of God. There is nothing more compelling than a gracious follower of Jesus Christ. Living, existing with a heart that is fully focused on the reality that the best is yet to be. And the most important thing is to invite as many people to the party as possible. It's so compelling. I had a friend, uh, we had a conversation last week about all the cool things that in the history of the world, Christians have had their hands on them. I'm like, yes! People have been healed and hospitals and education and when Christians are acting as followers of Jesus Christ. There is nothing more compelling for what the kingdom of God looks like. The text concludes again. And they shall be called the holy people. Now I know it's in poetic form, but think of it as a job description. You've gotten job descriptions, right? qualifications, okay, like education, what you need, okay, and then, and then the job itself, okay, at least job descriptions at Timberwood Church have what qualifications, okay, and then second part is, is the job itself, and then the third part is who, who you engage with or report to or relate to, okay, and so there's these three parts, and, and the standard, okay, the standard for measuring whether or not a person is successful is whether they live up to the job description, okay, so the job description differs be 
dependent on the job at hand. But oddly enough, at Timberwood Church, all, um, all job descriptions have a single line that says, and other duties as assigned by senior pastor. <laughs> I love that one. This is a job description. You're a holy people. If you're in Christ, you're a holy people. If you're in Christ, you're the redeemed of the Lord. And you should be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. It's a picture of how God views those who follow him. And the invitation is, is to live up to the job description, to, to meet the standards, to be, to be a holy people, to be the redeemed of the Lord. To understand that God looked into your life, into your soul from the earliest days of your existence. And said, I want you to be on my team. Keep on. Keep on. We can do hard things. Keep on. With everything that I have inside of me, proclaim. Proclaim what God has done in your life. Keep on, in Jesus' name. Please pray with me. Father, we come to you. And we ask for the strength and the power and the courage that only comes from your spirit. To be discerning. to be discerning in what we proclaim. To, to have the courage necessary to proclaim the future reality, the present relationship that we can have with you and your Son and your Spirit. Allow your Spirit to work in our lives. Father, enable us to be your followers. Enable us to reflect your salvation and your righteousness and your glory. And help us, O oh great God. Help us when we have to do the hard things. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad I can tell you to look up at the screens. The words are there. So we invite you to stand up. Let's sing together. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my 
มีสามแมวนอดยาสาเหตสร้างใบเพลงมีทองจะบาง Praise the mountain fixed upon it Mount of Thy redeeming love I was lost in utter darkness Till you came and rescued me I was bound by all my sin when Your love came and set me free. Now my soul can sing a new song. Now my heart has found a home. Now Your grace is always with me, and I'll never be alone. We get to celebrate communion today, and it's interesting that in this passage of Isaiah 62, there is this reference to grain and to wine, and here we are consuming some grain and some 
Well, unfermented wine. <laughs> and I've been thinking about this a lot uh, lately, and you know, as John mentioned, the whole County Road 13 business, and it's so interesting how oftentimes we don't think a road needs to be fixed until they fix it, and then you think, oh, this is what it's like when a road isn't broken. <laughs> then you drive on Nashway, and you say, why does anyone live on this road? It is the worst road in all of the state. But what does brokenness look like? Because in order to get bread and juice, you have, to, uh, you have to break the grain and you have to break the grape. You have to crush it. You have to smash it. You have to break these things down to make them into what they are. And as I was thinking about communion today, I was thinking about how Jesus takes these elements that require brokenness in order for them to be what they are, right before he is broken to be made into what he was made to be made into, that is, the resurrected Savior. And I, lo- I, I have this affinity for breaking things. I break things all the time. In fact, last night I broke a glass. We're having dinner out on the patio, which was kind of a rarity, and I just inadvertently knock it onto the ground, and it breaks everywhere. We don't like broken things, especially when it's human beings. And yet, over the past however many months, days, weeks, years, brokenness has been a reality of our lives. We are broken people. And that's why communion is so important. It is a reminder to us of our brokenness and our need for Jesus and his brokenness but how often we discard our brokenness. We pretend that it doesn't exist. And Jesus offers us wholeness through brokenness. And so this morning, I invite us, I invite us to remember that we are, in fact, broken. We are broken people who need a broken Savior in order to be made whole. And much like County Road 13, you don't get to just repave over the top. you got to take the whole thing out, rip it out, and redo it all. And so as we come to the elements of broken grain and broken grapes, I invite us to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in us what needs to be taken out, removed, peeled up, rerouted, in order for the repaving of the Holy Spirit to bring newness. We celebrate the brokenness of Jesus this morning. And I invite you to look at the bread and look at the juice and ask the Holy Spirit to look at your heart, that we could look at our hearts collectively and say, God, I'm broken. Help me see how I need you to create newness. Not because of the bread and the juice. The bread and the juice is the same bread and juice that it's always been. But because of what Jesus has done through his brokenness on the cross and his resurrection. So for those of you who haven't done this before, okay, hold your bread and hold your juice. We'll all take it together. So don't eat it now. All right?
we talk a lot about our personal relationship with Jesus. And yet here we are gathered together as his body, invited to his table. This is not our table. This is not our elements. This is not our church. And Jesus invites us, all of us, to come to his table. And I want us to think about that. We come as a united body to one Savior's table. So we take these elements as a unit, as a family. Jesus, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. Celebrating this exercise that you had your son establish for us. As a reminder that He was broken. He was broken and beaten for us. He was resurrected so that we could experience wholeness from the brokenness that exists in our lives. Holy Spirit, may we acknowledge, may we acknowledge that we are broken. And because of our brokenness, we need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus. As these broken elements sink in, may the truth of your gospel sink into each one of us. Not just as individuals, but as your body, as your unified church. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand and let's sing as we close today. I will pray.
it will be my joy to say your will your way it will be my joy to say your will your way it will be my joy to say your will your way together. May the Lord bless us as we embrace the new covenant that is Jesus Christ. And as we are blessed, may we be used by God to bless the world around us by living lives that are consistent with the life, death, and resurrection of our Savior.